Hey, everyone. I'm Colleen Conti, and we are so thrilled that you're joining us for the very first ever episode of the podcast, Continue the Conversation. This podcast is an opportunity for us to track along with our Types and Shadows series at Healing Place Church as we continue to unpack and explore the teachings from Sunday. An episode, a new episode will drop every Monday after the sermon. And if you enjoy this and want more content, content like this, we'd love for you to check out HealingPlaceCollege.org, our evening courses, um, great, great content there. But today's topic, we want to get into it. We're so excited to share with you. The topic is Rescue at the Red Sea. And I want to introduce you to our teachers today. We have Pastor Johnny Green, teaching pastor and serves on our lead team. Are you excited? I'm excited. My goal today is to match your energy. <laughs> yes. That is amazing. I'm pretty excited. This, right. is, this is very fun for me. And then Pastor Marla Stroop, our Highland Campus pastor, dynamic communicator, and dear friend. Are you ready? I'm ready. Amen. Amen. Let's well, we're going to get started. We're going to start with prayer. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for today. God, thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness in our lives. God, thank you for Jesus and salvation. And as we unpack the word, I pray today that even those of us around the table and those that are watching and listening, that it would help show us more of who you are as we explore your yes. word. God, I pray that this would be a, a conversation that is edifying and encouraging to all those listening and watching. And may we continue to grow in knowledge of who you are. It's going to be a great day. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys ready to kick it off? We're ready to go. All right, so the first question, we're just gonna start with getting some context. So what is the background, Pastor Johnny, of Exodus 14? I think it's all, I think almost like a movie. You know, you see those movies where it like begins with the most intense scene and then it goes backwards and explains everything to you. So that's yeah. kind of where we are. They are at the edge of the Red Sea, the Israelites, the uh, Egyptians are behind them. There is a sea in front of them. And so then it goes back to thousands of years before. All right. Okay. And so like, like every moment, um, every moment in our life finds meaning in relationship to God's plan. And so for Exodus 14, when they're at the Red Sea, Egyptians behind them, just on the edge of extinction, where does this fit into God's plan? And so you got to go back, really start in Genesis 1, but we could pick up Genesis 12. God brings a savior by creating the people of Israel. So in Genesis 12, he asks Abraham to leave his country. He tells him he's going to create a people out of Abraham, and he gives Abraham children. So there's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then they hit kind of an issue with Joseph. And so Joseph, you know the story of Joseph. Yeah. He is kidnapped by really his brothers, thrown in a, a pit by his brothers. I have a son named Joseph, and I always worry about where he's at. <laughs> he's alone with his brothers. Like, don't go oh, into a pit out. if they tell yeah. you. And, so, uh, and then they sell him into slavery, and he goes to Egypt. Okay. Well, while he's in Egypt there, and this is long story short, so go back and read you know, the, end of, the end of Genesis. He finds his way all the way up to the second in charge under Pharaoh. And then a famine hits the land. And Joseph has this amazing idea before the famine comes. He, he, God told him it was going to come. He begins to hoard all the grain that he can, saving it up for the day when the famine would come. Well, what he didn't realize is he has given up on his dream of finding his family and everything. But there's a famine in the promised land that God had promised Israel. And so, but they hear there's food in Egypt. Yeah. And there's food in Egypt because of Joseph. So the family goes there in a famine so they can save their family and their life. And that's how God saves the nation of Israel. 
He gets um, them to Egypt. He gets them to Egypt, okay. which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Because this story, we're getting them out of Egypt. Yeah. He had them. And I guess that's a good way to say it. Abraham went to the promised land. Jacob was in the promised land. Then they had to leave the promised land to go to Egypt. Yeah. But in Egypt, there was food. And then they thrive in Egypt. But they thrive a little too much. And so hundreds of years later, there's a Pharaoh that didn't know who Joseph was, didn't value the Israelites. And so he begins to enslave them. So he enslaves the Israelites because they're getting too strong. But then God, through Moses, decides he wants to set the Israelites free and get them back to the promised land. And so he calls Moses. Um, Moses comes in. There's the nine plagues you can read about. He gets them out of Egypt. And then he's bringing them out. Now, here's one of the interesting things. If you were to look on a map, and you're going to have to trust me on this, (laughs) um, it is a straight shot, almost like north. Where am I going? Northeast. Right, I'm a city boy, so I don't know my directions. Yeah, never eat salty worms. Never eat salty worms. Yeah. Is that like country? Is that's, that Shreveport that's, advice. We said never eat shredded wheat, but yeah, shredded wheat. I like shredded wheats. We are off topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, they went up, so that's where they are. Northeast. The easiest way was easiest to go from was, Egypt straight to the Promised Land. Yes, but, but God, they go the other way, and they go a total like if if they if if Moses would have said, hey, here's where we're going, they would have said, you need to be on GPS. Not only did they go the opposite direction, they went the opposite direction right into a sea that they couldn't cross. And then when they got to the sea that they couldn't cross on their way to freedom, then they realized the Egyptians are coming behind them. So that's where they end up stuck on the side of the Red Sea that in their minds, they should have never been in the first place and the Egyptians coming to them. And so once again, not only is the nation of Israel in trouble, this is God's plan to bring his savior. Yeah. Well, that so sounds that's what's really trouble. crazy. Cause I mean, they look like this climax moment, there's like no turning back and there's no going forward. No, and God right. led them there. And God yeah. and God sent them that direction he out of the way. He sent them there. Yeah, I think it's interesting in the beginning of Exodus 14, cause you think, well, this was their doing. They went the wrong way. But yeah. he gives exact instructions at the beginning of the chapter. You see, he tells them to go that he way. He tells them to go yeah. that way. Mainly because it was a strong army. They would have had to go through Philistine territory. And he said, they're not ready to fight. Okay. And so I've got it, which is interesting. He's not ready to fight. And what is later on, he says, God will fight for you. He does. Yeah. He's, that's awesome. So, you know, that, that's why they go that way. And so that's how they end up where they are uh, at the edge of the Red Sea with the Egyptians behind them. Yeah. Okay. And so- everything's on the line. And this is it. This is the moment that if God doesn't show up, yeah, they're either taken over by the Egyptians or by water. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and they have, they have nowhere to go. Can we use spoiler alert that they get out of it? Okay, <laughs> spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, they get hey, out of it. It's so interesting to me. One of my favorites, um, these two verses in Exodus 14, it gets, so, it gets quoted incorrectly so much. But 14, 13, it says, Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. You should just be still. The Lord will fight your battle. The ne- very next verse, it's so funny. It says in verse 15, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. I just think that's so funny. I love that. I love that. He's it's like, like, be still, yeah. cool, chill out. It's going to work out. Yeah. And God's like, go, go already. Start moving. Yeah. That's and they're probably awesome. wondering, where am I going? There's yeah. a sea. Yeah. <laughs> where? And, you know, I wonder this. I wonder if God told them to stand still because they were going to run backwards. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah, I mean, would. in the verses before, they say that. Like, it would have been better just to be slaves in Egypt. Let's just go back. Yeah, because like, I think a lot of times we're like, God just wants me to be still. No, God wants you to move forward. He told them to be still because they would have put it in reverse. Oh, that's I, awesome. I think that's I would, really good. I that's a great thought. Too. That's awesome. Okay, so 
I guess the next question, we're going to just kind of spoiler alert, they make it through. <laughs> but really, the whole point of this this conversation is to talk about types and shadows. Yes. And so a type and shadow is something from the Old Testament, correct me if I'm wrong here, that kind of preludes to Jesus that shows us kind of something in the New Testament that parallels it. So I guess the first question is, what are, what are the similarities here between what is the type and shadow of Jesus with the Israelites? Yeah, and so God gives us the Old Testament uh, to give us the background, but also there's pictures to help us understand who Jesus was. That's and awesome. so, I, you know, and think there's there's a couple of things there. First of all, the Israelites were a miracle. Mm. They were the creation of a miracle. God went to Abraham. Abraham and Sarah were too old to have kids. In fact, Sarah laughed. Um, I, I think had that. I been their age, I would have cried. If God <laughs> comes to me right now, it's like, you're going to have more kids, I, w- I would not laugh. Um, but Sarah laughed. Because they're just like, no, that's absolutely impossible. Yeah. But God used a couple that yeah. could not have kids, and he gave them kids. That was the beginning of the Israelite nation. Well, Jesus is the same type of miracle on the opposite side. He was born of, of a virgin birth. He was a miracle. Both of them were the creation of a miracle that's to good. further God's wow. plan. And so I, I, I that's think really that's, cool. yeah, that's one of them. You know, you see interesting, too, that, you know, when Jesus was born, Herod wanted to kill all the male children yeah. under two years of old, uh, two years of age, and that's exactly what happened to the Israelites. And about the time Moses was born, Abraham wanted to, you know, kill all of the all of those. So you see that that wow. they go through that. You know, also the fact that in a time of famine, the Israelites. We talked about this. It seems strange. They were in the Promised Land, and God sent them to Egypt, yeah, and then brought them out of Egypt into the Promised Land. Back. Yeah. Jesus follows the same thing. So when Herod tells, he decides to kill all of the two-year-old babies, God that's comes when to, Joseph goes. That's right? when Joseph goes yeah. to Egypt. And and so Matthew actually brings that out. He said, this wow. is fulfilled. Out of Egypt, I will call my son. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and what's interesting about that that scripture is it's talking about Israel. Out of, he Israel is God's son. He says, out of Egypt, I will call my son. But Matthew applies that to Jesus. Jesus. Wow. And so the things that apply to Jesus, they also apply to us. That's cool. um, and so, you know, he goes through there. But I think one of the main parts is after they go through that. So they're on the edge of death. And in a sense, the Red Sea is like a resurrection. The, the Red Sea is the resurrection moment of the New Testament. It's God's greatest miracle of the Old Testament. And they're on the edge of death, but God brings them through, just like Jesus went through the cross and the resurrection. Oh, that's a cool thought. But then after that, they go into the desert. And if you look at Jesus, so they go through the Red Sea into the desert to be tested by God. Now, we won't get to this. They fail that test. Mm -hmm. They don't trust God. They complain. And because they failed that test, they all die in the desert. A whole generation. A whole generation. God had to bring a whole new generation. Well, Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River after his baptism. You would think that's where Jesus would start to preach. The Bible says the Holy Spirit sent him. It's the, the word in Mark oh, wow. is ekbalo. It means to throw. It's, it's to wow. throw. It's to throw like out. thrust him into the wilderness. Yes. Didn't there. lead him. Sent him. Threw him out. So he comes out of his baptism, just like the children of Israel come out of the Red Sea. And he goes into the desert, just like the children of wow. Israel went into the desert. He goes into the desert to be tested. Children of Israel went into the desert to be tested. Oh my gosh. But here's where it goes so the other way. Parallel. Where the Israelites failed, Jesus succeeded. Yes. He, he withstood did. that really temptation. Cool. And they, you know, complained about food. One of the first complaints he does. And, and so one of the things is it's not just like a cool, like, wow, look how it all lines up. Jesus succeeded 
where the Israelites failed. Mm. Jesus succeeds where we fail. Our He's success so beautiful. is is in him. And so that that's why these types of things are, are so important. That's really cool. You know what I think is really cool to me is I, I've i always heard Jesus compared to Moses. You know, Jesus is the hero of every story. Yeah. But to think that Jesus is a type of the Israelite, like he that the Israelites are a type of Christ, like that's that's really cool that in every story, I guess they've said like the Old Testament is Christ concealed. Yeah. And then the New Testament is Christ revealed. Like, that's really good. That the Israelites... Are represented by Jesus. Like I, th- that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And All right, good. Marla, I'm I'm throwing this one to you, okay? Because we he kind of pointed it, and I was like, oh, I don't want to get there. It's a good but segue. How does the Red Sea experience really point to salvation? Yeah. Share about that a little bit. You know, it's funny. I can read this passage in Exodus 14, and I can quickly judge the Israelites yeah, and good. say, you know, here you are. You've seen him do these miracles in Egypt. These plagues. Yeah, all the plagues. I mean, he got them out and now they're at the Red Sea. Why are they even questioning? Mm-hmm. You know, but in my own life, I know there's been points where I've come to a, a, a point in my life where it's just like there's, I'm surrounded. Yeah. Yeah. And where do you go from here? And this is such a picture of salvation in the type and shadow of what Jesus did for us. He got us to a place. I love when we you read the beginning of Exodus 14. We talked about this earlier. Mm-hmm. But God directed them here. Yeah. It's just wild. He directed them to a place where only he could rescue them from. That's good. That's that is true. really good. And here is this path, you know, that I'm the only way. John 14, 6, Jesus is the way, the yeah. truth, and the life. Yeah. So there's no other way to the Father except through him. So this is a picture of us and our salvation. When we get to a place where we're surrounded, nowhere to go, you know, we call on his name. And it's only through his power. It's not from ourselves. Ephesians 2 talks about yeah, that, right? Yeah, that's good. It's not on works so that none of us can boast. Mm-hmm. But it's all on the power of him. It has to be him. And then I also love how you have Moses who's instructed to hold up the staff. Mm. You know, and when he holds up the staff, the Red Sea parts, and it's a picture of the cross. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it says it. What, so what scripture is it in? Is it John 12 that talks about when the cross is? Yeah, when Jesus is lifted up yeah, on the cross. Yeah, John 12, 30 through 33. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. That, that's when we're drawn to him. You know, mm-hmm. it's only through the power of the cross that we even have a so way good. back to the Father. Just like, you know, the, Moses raised his staff. You know, and then you have the picture of them going through water. Mm-hmm. You know, they're walking through this, and this is a picture of baptism. You know, how we go public with our faith. Oh, you're stepping into my next question. Yes, I love it. it. I love it. That's Come so on with awesome. It. So, just one more question, and Pastor Johnny, maybe talk us about that for a minute, because that is the Red Sea. You know, the salvation, the parting of it, and and the yeah. water, the baptism. What what is baptism? What does that mean? What does it represent? Uh, so that's a big question. Okay, so first of all, the word baptism, because uh, that's kind of like a strange word for us. The Greek word is baptizo. Okay. It means to immerse. Yeah. So they would almost, or or to dip. It just, it would not sound very spiritual if we like, who wants to get dipped this Sunday? <laughs> and so we don't use that word. We use baptism. But yeah. it literally means to dip. And so, and so one of the one of the ways they would use it back then is if you were to change the color of a cloth and you had a white cloth okay. and you want to make it red. You would baptize it. You would put it in red dye, red water, swish it around. When it comes out, it's different. And so the New Testament tells us to be baptized, to be 
immersed. And and there's a lot of symbols, even in the Old Testament. The Old Testament didn't have baptism, but the Old Testament had two things that kind of point to that. There was talk, the Old Testament would talk about washing yourself Mm -hmm. before you come to God, washing yourself before you present yourself to God. Mm. And there's some symbolism in baptism of being washed. Now, here's where it's different. We don't get washed so that we can come to God. Baptism, and this is probably the most important thing about baptism, it is an outward symbol, or I would even say this, an outward decision of what God has already done on the inside. That's good. So we don't get washed so we can go to God. When we're getting baptized, we're saying, this is what God has already done in my life. He has washed me of sin. Um, The other thing that baptism is a little different, uh, it shows the Old Testament had the sign of circumcision. And so we won't go into that, (laughs) but circumcision was the sign of the covenant. It was the sign that you believed uh, that you were part of the people of God. And and so it it was a big deal. Yeah. That's what baptism is in the New Testament. It's not just an act that we, you know, do something because it helps us get a new start. It is a sign that we are now a part of the people of God. It's good. In fact, you know, think of it like this. Um, in the Old Testament, God chose a people, all right? And you gotta be careful with our language here, but God chose a race. He chose the Jewish race. They yeah. were the people. So to be part of the people of God, you would, so for instance, there were, they would call them God-fearers, Gentiles, but they would have to, in a sense, become Jewish. Now we know their physiology didn't change, but they had to become a different race. Hmm. When we give our lives to Jesus Christ, we don't just become a better person. We become a new person. New creation. We're, yeah. yeah, we're a new creation. And so, you know, baptism symbolizes that. Uh, but then also, baptism is a symbol of death and rebirth. Mm. And that's why the I saw the word immersion, baptism is so important. Yeah. Uh, it does talk about washing away. But when we are dipped down, all right, and there's that word dip, <laughs> we go fully under the water. Yeah, yeah. And it is as if our old life is buried there and we are raised to a new life mm. in Jesus so Christ. And so again, baptism doesn't save us, but it is a symbol of what God has done in our life. We're not, we give our lives to Jesus, we're not a better person, we're we are a new, a new person. person. I love that, he's and making so, all things new. He's making that. all things it's new good. in our life. And that's that's why baptism is so important. And Jesus told us to do it. Yeah. Um, Jesus said in Matthew uh, Matthew 28, when he's sending out the disciples, he go, go into all the world, yeah. preach the gospel, and baptize and make disciples. Yeah. Um, Peter said it, the very first sermon, when he preaches the gospel yeah. and they hear it and they're like, what do we do? Yeah. Two things, repent which means to turn your life around yeah. and, and then and then to be baptized. You know, yeah. that was the first verse my mom taught us. We had to memorize Acts 2.38. Was it? <laughs> yes. Repent and be baptized. That's right. I, I don't it. know. She she thought we were, from the start. we need to get right. That's awesome. Yeah. And I so, love that. There's so many thoughts with yeah. that. Like I even think about yeah. like how Gentiles were part of the rabble that went with the Israel, like God's plan from the beginning. From the beginning. From the beginning was to include the Gentile people, but to, you know, the baptism would be a part for us. That's yeah. just really beautiful. And you know, I was I think that's a good point. And and that's where baptism is important mm-hmm. in our spiritual walk. Because um and I, I have to look up, I can't remember exactly chapter and verse. But there were. So that as when they came out of Egypt, mm-hmm. There were other nationalities with them. With them, right? There yeah. were the people came. It wasn't just the Israelites. There was a whole Right. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, it wasn't just Jewish people. And so they came out with them and God's like, that's fine. Man, come out mm-hmm. with them. I just, love that. Let's come out of Egypt. 
You want to experience the Red Sea? You can have the Red Sea. Um, you want water to come from the rock, the blessings of God, yeah. the water that comes from the rock, the, cool. the, the birds that came. You can experience all that. But then when you read later on, and I need to go back and find out where it is, when they experience Passover. Oh, yeah. They can't be part of that. They it. can't be part of that mm-hmm. unless they get circumcised, yeah. which means you can experience the benefits of God. Wow. But that doesn't mean you're part of the people of God. Mm. You've got to make a decision to go all in. And that's really what baptism represents for us. Man, you can be at church, Bible study, learn good principles, help your marriage, help your life, help your finances. God wants you around. We would never take a leave. But there needs to be a point at which you say, I am now a new creation. I've gone from death to life. Or you repent. God has saved me. And be baptized. Or you repent. That's really cool. I love that. And we we don't have to unpack this, but even in Acts, when there's that question of, do Gentiles need to be circumcised anymore? And that they go through all that and figure out, nope. No. Stay holy and be baptized. And be baptized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, that was the God. sign. That's good. And all the men said amen. amen. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, I love that. And I, I think even like you were saying about baptism that I, I've heard this and you can tell me if it's wrong, but I've heard that water represents death in scripture. And yeah. so I just love that because like, you know, God had Moses part the Red Sea. I mean, I think later on, even like uh, Joshua in the, mm-hmm. the Jordan River, he mm-hmm. parts the, the Jordan Steps. River. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I think it's so cool that Jesus didn't part it. He walked on it. Ooh. He did. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's good. good. I, just, I think that's so cool. Just the idea of baptism and water being death and then coming into new life. I love that you said that. Like he doesn't just make us better. He makes us new. He makes new. us new. Yeah. So cool. That's We're a new so creation. Cool. Yeah. Well, any other thoughts before we go? I mean, this has been unpacked, really cool, continuing the conversation. I'm sure people are going to have questions. And if they do, I think there is going to be a spot for them to ask them. And I think the the last episode, we're going to be able to answer some of those questions. So throughout that, this series, I just love getting to continue and hear some more things as we unpack and continue the conversation. So any other thoughts? That's awesome. It's been great. It's been real fun. Well, hopefully you guys have enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening in and joining in. Please take a minute to rate and review this podcast on the platform that you're listening to or share this video on YouTube. It's a great way for you to continue the conversation with your friends, coworkers, small group. And if you enjoyed content like this, we'd love for you to be a part of Healing Place College evening courses. Check out healingplacecollege.org. But remember, mark this. The next episode drops next Monday and you don't want to miss it. We're going to talk about Jesus as the second Adam. Thanks so much for joining in. We'll see you next time.